Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Mitchell. Welcome everyone back to the podcast. We're glad you joined us. Uh, as we go along here, as we study, if you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can send us an email at truthinagapelove at gmail.com. You can always also find us on Facebook, and we're um, hosting our podcast on most of the most popular podcast platforms. Um, if we're not on your favorite, let us know, and, and we'll try to get it pointed to that. So uh, we're glad you joined us this evening. I'm Chad. Got David here. Welcome, David. Thank you. How are you guys doing? So uh, this Sunday, we we studied, um, kind of started a new study that we're, we're going into, basically talking about um, the beginning of Christ, and Brother David brought us this lesson title. And so we're just going to kind of go through, there's so much we could talk about Jesus, obviously, and the Christ and our, our Savior, and so that's what we're going to be talking about um, this evening. We're going to be reading, probably, we're going to probably be using Luke chapter 1 for some of our text. Um, but um, if you're able, we'll try to uh, bring out the, the verses and you can look them up with us. And, uh, and, and of course, we'll read them. And uh, so, you ready to get started? Absolutely. All and, right. Um, before we do, though, yeah. to everyone out there, if you want, you can also go to our uh, Blackfoot Church of Christ website and actually listen to the lessons online mm-hmm. before uh, coming into the podcast so you can really understand perhaps everything that, that we've talked about. And then, because here a lot of times we, we dig in to areas that I, I couldn't exactly say in a lesson. So it's to be on the same page, if you would like, you can go on our website and listen to the the sermon before you you join us here. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get a, a better understanding of what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you're welcome to check that out. It's um, uh, blackfootchurch.org is the website, so you want to look at that. And also we stream those on our Facebook um, page, Blackfoot Church of Christ on Facebook, and so you can watch the video of our of the lesson and our worship there as well. So absolutely good, good point. One of the great things about this podcast is uh, we're able to talk about the lesson in a different way than basically just a presentation right. um, or, or a lecture. So we're able to kind of pick it apart and, and, and discuss in a different way what what the lesson was about and what we're talking about. And we're going to have some rabbit holes and stuff that we go down as we go along. But um, that's that's the beauty of being able to sit down and talk about it like this. That's right. That's the fun of this right mm-hmm. here. Yeah. So where do you want to start? Um, well, we can thanks. actually we can actually start. Um, this was not actually a part of my lesson, but since we are going to be talking about the birth of Christ, yeah, uh, a lot of people or millions and millions across the world celebrate December twenty fifth as the birth of Christ. Um, but actually, the first recorded celebration of Christmas took place in. 336 AD under the Roman Emperor Constantine and we've actually talked about him in our in our class and in sure. our podcast yeah. uh, but it was actually the a um, a catholic celebration that that it started it was a, a pope julius making the official um, 
around 350 mm-hmm. AD. So, um, that's where it started, but then when you examine Luke 2, verse 8. Okay. Uh, turn over there. If you're, if you're listening, please turn over there with us. And it may not sound like it's going to be uh, helpful to help us understand the, the season of Christ's birth. But it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now this verse helps us to understand what season. Now, mid-October, there would have actually, that's when they stopped keeping them out and pasturing throughout the night. Mm. was actually mid-October. So it was too cold during the winter time to keep them out. So as this verse illustrates, funny enough, winter is actually the only season that he could not have been born. Yeah, and and I think um you know we can relate around here there's a lot of uh ranchers here. They turn out there's a specific time that they turn their cows out to the the I would assume kind of similar situation yeah. on the, where the grass is growing up in the mountains or up high and where, where, where this took place in the, it's, it's basically has the same climate as us here in America. Yeah. The, the climate we're on the, about the same, I don't know what you call that. Solus. Elevation. Or, or the same line on the globe. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, as far away from the equator? Yeah, that's right. We're about the same distance away from the equator as as they would have been here. Yeah. And so this the seasons are definitely... I mean, I'm looking out the window right now. We still got snow on the ground. Yeah. It's February. Uh, Probably should be a little bit more, but... <laughs> we'd like to have a little more snow, that's <laughs> we'll for sure. We'll what we got. It seems a little scarce up when you get up in the mountains, but there's a definite time when, those, um, when the, the ranchers around here do a roundup. Yeah, and it's about September ish, somewhere in there where where they in October, mm-hmm. where they bring the the animals back to their ranches and get ready for the winter. Yeah. So, but they they would only let their their sheep out throughout the night during the warmer seasons. Yeah. So, um, and you could Google this, by mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what I did. I just Googled it, and and so that's. That's really where we see um, it's definitely not December 25th as, as it has started. Well, and you've got here um, Luke 2, 8 is basically the only passage that really tells us of the season. That's right. Of his birth, of the yeah. birth of Christ. So it could have been anywhere from spring to fall. Uh, and depending on who you talk to, some say around... Um, May, some say around March, some say April, and then some say even September. Yeah. But funny enough, none is even nowhere near December. Yeah. So just kind of kind of fun facts as we we talk about his birth. Um, sure. But I thought that was kind of interesting. So that's not really a part of my lesson or or really what I talked about on Sunday, but just to give us kind of an idea that. Uh, well, and I, I kind of threw the curveball at you because I was like, hey, this might be a great time to talk about this. Yeah. Because, you know, we're basically starting at the beginning of Christ. That's right. And there's a lot of folks who think of the beginning of Christ 
being around that being day. around that day and and christmas and i know um we kind of get a lot of flack sometimes it's like don't you believe in jesus you know how come you're not celebrating his birthday <laughs> yeah you know and sure i'm glad everyone's thinking about jesus but there's and and really my answer is there's no example in the bible that tells us to have a celebration of his birth that's right even if we did know the date yeah you know, even if it said he was born this day, nowhere does he command us or tell us to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. So, just one of those those fun facts. I mean, well, it was just a, a man-made holiday from the beginning. Yeah, and it didn't start till way after the apostles were gone. That's right. It was about 300 years after Christ. Mm-hmm. So, they certainly didn't do it the first 300 years. Yeah. So, yeah, that's great. And, you know, we were going to talk about Luke um, in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, is basically when um, his birth was announced. Yeah. And and this is keeping in mind just to, to tie in the Old Testament with the New Testament. Yeah. His birth was very specific, and his birth was actually um, an impossibility. When you look at Isaiah 7, 14... So turn over there with me. This is when it was um, prophesied about. Now, the prophecy, his, the prophecies of Messiah, um, even throughout his entire life, they're very specific prophecies. You know, they're they're not prophecies like something bad is going to happen in the future or some baby's going to be born in the future. It's a very specific kind of birth, and so. Verse 14 of Isaiah chapter 7 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Yeah. This is an absolute impossibility. Yeah, how many thousands of years before Christ was this predicted? Uh, Isaiah was written about 700 years before, before the birth of Christ. Yeah. So... That that's a great point to bring out too. That seven hundred years before, but also the first artificial insemination mm-hmm. was in the seventeen seventies by an English um, doctor, and it, I believe it was an English doctor. But anyway, the seventeen seventies was the first recorded artificial insemination. So after that, like today. Yeah, it is possible to have a virgin conceive. Mm. It is possible nowadays. This day and age, that is an absolute impossibility. There's no way that can happen. And so that prophecy and that prophecy alone is an impossibility. But yet this is how Christ was um, brought into the world. So then to go to what you were talking about, Chad, uh, Luke 1. Yeah. This is where we're gonna gonna be reading about it. Yeah. Uh, do you want to read that twenty six yeah, sure. through thirty five? Yeah. So um, starting in verse twenty six. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered um, what manner of greeting this was. 
Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you, therefore also, that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the um, maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Yeah. So there's a lot here that there, you could unpack. There's absolutely a lot to, to compact. But you see, also, as I was just saying, that it is impossible for a virgin to give birth. Mm-hmm. You read... Um, I. Didn't recall what verse, but uh, with God, all things are possible. Oh, yeah. I was, that, that popped out at me as well. And that's also said in Matthew... It's in verse 35. Verse 35. And that, that's also said in uh, Matthew nineteen twenty-six, mm-hmm. where Christ was saying, with man this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. That's right. And so here, with God, this is possible. And only with God is this possible for a child to be born from a virgin at the at the point where she was uh conceived the child she was a virgin and so that this is um again an absolute impossibility but then also we see elizabeth who was actually the mother of john the baptist she was six months old and and we see in verse 26 now indeed elizabeth your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Yeah. So she was actually... It was verse 37 where he says, for with God nothing will be impossible. Sorry about that. Okay. And I thought you read a little longer than I thought, but yeah, <laughs> that's I fine. Because I, like, I was like, I don't remember reading that when I was giving my lesson. But uh, Well, there's a lot of things. Like you're saying, first you got the virgin pregnancy. That's right. Then you've got Elizabeth, who was barren, so she's past the age of having children. Yeah, who conceives? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. So there's tons of things here. Yeah, and so the, there's a lot of things that are um, impossible, really. Yeah. E- even with the 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 birth of John the Baptist, and we know later from Christ saying that. Um, he has the spirit of Elijah in him. And so another prophecy fulfilled was Elijah will come first before the Son of God. Yeah. Well, he was in the spirit of Elijah, therefore that prophecy was fulfilled mm-hmm. as well through John the Baptist. And uh, But there's so many things about the birth of Christ that is almost seemed impossible. Well, mm-hmm. not almost. Did seem impossible. Yeah. But then even from where he was going to be born 
Um, let me. What? Well, just real quick. Um, yes. Mary, she's skeptical. Okay. Yeah. She's sitting here going, "This is crazy." You know. I mean, I'd be think I'd be thinking the same thing. Oh yeah. And that's why he says there in verse thirty-seven, "For with God nothing will be impossible." Mm-hmm. Because this is this is the plan that God has had all along, and then to to put that with the prophecy in Isaiah, man. Yeah. How can you argue against that? Yeah. Well, and even even uh, John, we didn't get into this, but John was actually going to put, or not John, Joseph was going to put Mary away. Sure, she was. Yeah. Because he's like, I know you didn't get the baby for me. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you must have cheated on that's me. That's right. And so you. And remember, an angel came to him. That's right. And told him, "This is God's yeah, plan. Yeah, it's God's plan. So mm-hmm. don't put her away." Yeah. But I mean, imagine the. Because he didn't want to make a spectacle of his wife. Mm-hmm. So he, he never laid with her, never known her in that way, mm-hmm. as, as the scripture puts it. And so, you know, not doing that, and then out of nowhere, wait, you're pregnant? Yeah. What do you... You're cheating on me. You're cheating on me. I mean, of sure. course, that, that's, what that's all the of us logical conclusion. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's Absolutely. not my baby. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, a really beautiful aspect behind it but the the angel came to joseph and calmed him down of course and so then they they recognized that wow this is actually i mean and and imagine mary yeah imagine of course i'm sure she felt unworthy Mm. like this is the savior and and i'm well i'm blessed to be the mother of the savior this is a great spot to keep going here because um you know as mary if you put yourself in her shoes What's the first, when something big like this happens to a person, what's the first thing you want to do? You want to go talk to someone. You want to go tell somebody. Yeah. Anytime anything big happens to us, important in our lives, and, and, and be, getting pregnant, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. You tell every, you, know, you, got, you got a list of five people you want to call right now, right? Yeah. Depending on whatever situation you're in. Um, and so the first thing she does here, and I, 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 I got to confess, I kept reading when you're in the lesson. Just a little bit. I read clear down to uh, probably the song, the uh, the song of Mary. Um, while you were I starting got in verse forty six is the song of Mary. Yeah, so I read clear down. Uh, I kept reading when so you 45? stopped. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know that happens sometimes. Yeah. But uh, but anyways, um, so it's it's real interesting because this is this is something that um, there's a couple other things we could point out here. So I'm gonna go ahead and keep reading yeah, if that's all right. So and in verse thirty nine of Luke one. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste. See, she's got to go talk to somebody. She didn't have a cell phone. She couldn't call up Yeah, uh, Elizabeth. She couldn't call her or send her a letter or nothing. She's got to go. And so she's hastily going to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit then she spoke out with a loud voice and said blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb but why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me so she's talking she she the Holy Spirit has told her yeah. uh, basically let her know that this is the mother of the Savior yeah already you know and and go ahead Elizabeth felt blessed to even 
have the mother of the Savior come to her. Yeah, she's surprised. Like, wow. So you can only imagine how Mary must have felt like mm-hmm. the Savior, I get to be the mother of the Savior. Yeah. Which, of course, later on when they uh, lose Christ, mm-hmm. when he was 12 years old, again, can you imagine losing the Savior? <laughs> No. Like, like, wait a minute. Yeah, exactly. But that that's kind of getting uh, ahead. But sure, it is. Just kind of bringing out, the, you know, those uh, well, fun and, things. And that's what we're talking about. Basically, the start, the birth, and the, the life of Christ, you know. Yeah. So, he continues on in verse 44, or it continues on in verse 44 here. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believes for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told from the Lord. Okay, so there's another. She's talking about the prophecies. Yeah. That's going to be fulfilled. Uh, blessed are those things which were told from from the Lord. Which were told her from the Basically Lord. Basically yeah. talking about Isaiah. Yeah. They knew that this was going to happen. That's right. And um, one and and so there's there's a lot of things that you could pick out here because um, the babe leaped in her womb. How in the world? as a baby know what's going on that's right you know six months in you know yep. to to recognize a voice or anything you know and and so this is a good um point to point out that you know babies are people already yeah. even unborn even even six months people try to say that they're not babies until they've actually been pushed out of the womb yeah essentially. exactly yeah but here we see that no, this baby jumped for joy, and so it, it's alive and well. Mm-hmm. Six months. I think this would be a great place to take people that are so upset about this um, abortion. Uh, abortion thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't God's plan to destroy babies in the womb. You know, just because it's an inconvenience. You yeah. know, <laughs> and so right here is a good example that hey, this is a human being. This is a human life. I'm trying to think where we were. I was at a, oh, I went to that museum in Chicago when we were there. Yeah. And and I'm sure there's displays like this all over. But there was a display of, of um, babies at each um, week. Yeah, I've seen those. At each week of the pregnancy. Yep. And the first, like, little bit, you can already see arms and a head. Like, yeah. the, like it's like a week, two weeks. You can, it's small, but you can see a human being right there. It was, I seen one that was, it was the size of a dime. Yeah. So if you have a dime, look at how small a dime yeah. is. Mm-hmm. It looked, and what's funny is they actually zoomed in on the baby mm-hmm. and it looked like it was fully grown. I mean, it was just like laying there Yeah. and then it, it zoomed out and then you see it was the size of a dime and yeah. it was just. And I'm not sure, I'm sure that it's just like a miscarriage or something happened with the pregnancy yeah. and the baby wasn't going to survive. And so they preserved it to put in this display because it's real, like it's real babies. That's right. And, and boy, it's something else to see that. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it just, it makes you appreciate life and where it's created. Yeah. And uh, who created it. And who created it. Because, yeah, and, and here, God God gave life. That's right. And and when you think about it, if God created life, mm-hmm. what right do we have to take it away? Absolutely. You know, and people 
try to say that while it's in the womb, it's not murder. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It's murder. Yeah. You know, and whether it's before it leaves the womb or, or after, it's murder. Yeah. Regardless. Absolutely. The only, the worst part is, is it's innocent. Yeah, absolutely. It didn't do anything. Hmm. The baby didn't do anything. But, um, of course, getting kind of off the point yeah. there, but... <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't mean to do that. It just, it just, uh, that's one point that's good to point out for folks. If you're in a conversation with someone who's, that's right, who uh, agrees with abortion, that the Bible doesn't really, it doesn't agree with, agree with that, yeah, theory. So, yeah, and and we could, <laughs> of course, we can get into a lot of, oh sure, a lot of talk about that, but let's let's not. Cause <laughs> uh, one, one thing that I think would be something to point out here before we go on is um, David's throne. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, and um, so of of course in in Samuel Second Samuel chapter seven verses fourteen through seventeen. So we had we looked at Isaiah seven, mm-hmm. verse fourteen, and now we're going to be looking at Second Samuel seven, verse fourteen through seventeen. Yeah. And this is um, Nathan. We'll just read through verse sixteen, but it's God talking to Nathan to go and and um, tell David what the Lord has told Nathan. Nathan was the the prophet of God, and so Nathan was told to go speak to. David, and God is telling him, this is what you're going to speak to him. And so in verse 14, it says, I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. And so, you know, he, he is, God is telling David, really focusing on verse 16, that his throne and his kingdom will be established forever. Yeah. Again, that is an impossibility. Yeah. Every earthly kingdom will be destroyed. Yeah. Even if it, if it went on from David's time to even now, it will be destroyed because God is going to destroy the earth. So this earthly kingdom, it cannot go forever. And so, again, this is another impossibility, which, of course, what we just read in Luke 1, that he was actually of the the seed of David. So he was... Christ is the seed of David, and his he is taking the throne of David. Yeah. And... Now that we know that Christ has died and resurrected and then ascended to the Heavenly Father on high, He sits on the right hand of the Father even today, still reigning. Yeah. He, his throne is established forever, which is through the seed of David, which God promised David. So God fulfilled this promise, and yet again, it's another impossible Fulfillment, but God did it because all things are possible through God. You know what makes me think here is um, this should have been known. You know this 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 shows that the kingdom that Jesus was talking about with his apostles. You know, I the apostles thought it was a he- earthly kingdom. Yeah, everyone did. Everyone did. Yeah. and this oughta this prophecy oughta showed them that it's not. 
Yeah. You know, because this kingdom forever is going to be spiritual. Well, and that, that ties into what we were actually talking about with your dad, where mm-hmm. we have the full fulfillment yeah. The Word of God in full in front of it's us. It's easy for us to see it. Yeah, it's easy for us to see it, but, I mean, I would ask, I don't know if I would understand it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And nor do I think the prophets of old even understood what they were saying. Yeah. And, and in fact, there's actually proof that they didn't know, you know. Um, but regardless, I mean, you bring out a good point where it's like, Perhaps you should have known. Yeah. But with, without was the diff- full being revealed in front of you, it's really hard to f- to fully see it. Yeah, that's right. Well, and and uh, and you know, talking about you know, we've seen so many kingdoms. If you study history, fall. Yeah. N- no kingdom lasted forever. You that's know? right. And um, you know, really, God's the one that allowed allows. I I think um, kingdoms to fall. Because either they turned away from God, mm-hmm. or they're so corrupt they need destroyed, you know those kinds of things. Um, but this this kingdom will not be destroyed; it That's can't right. be touched. That's right. And and you see this also being fulfilled in Hebrews one verse eight. If you want to turn over there with me. Also, I'd like to talk about the because because here in Luke one talks about David's yeah. kingdom. Yeah. And, and we can actually go back there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you say, Hebrews? Hebrews 1, verse 8. Okay. says, But to the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. And so this, this was established and put in place even before Christ was born. But that's what you're going to get to going back to Luke 1. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember what. Oh, let's see. Which verse was it? I can't remember. Um, verse thirty-two starts talking about the Luke one verse thirty-two says he will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. There you go. That's it. That's what that's I was right. thinking. So that's another prophecy. Yep. And, and Basically so, connecting that to Second Samuel seven. Yep. And to be able to and understand the um, the impossibility of these implications without God, you know these. How can a throne be established forever? An earthly throne, and and it should have hit him like square square between the eyes like you like to say yeah <laughs> it should have hit him right there well, you know but another thing to point out about this kingdom is it can't be destroyed that's right so that means that the devil can't get at it mm-hmm. cuz what's trying to destroy us now satan. the devil satan that's right yeah and so this it through Christ's death it if we're obedient we can be shielded from you know the devil and, and and make it to this kingdom yeah. that will go on forever that has is not going to be overthrown. It's not going to be um, corrupted. Yeah. And uh, Philippians 4, okay. 12 and 13, Paul is talking about this, you know, and uh, he's actually talking about being abased and being abound. He knows how to both be hungry and to be filled. In Philippians 4, verse 13, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
Now, the, the key point behind this is he's relying on the strength of Christ. He's not relying on his own strength. Yeah. Through Christ, we can, we can conquer. We can overcome death. Satan cannot touch us if we are obedient to Christ. And that's what you were, that's what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's actions for us to take. That's right. And, uh, you know, understanding his word, that's why we got his word, so that we can understand and, and, and be part of that. That's right. And so that that's a that's a really good point to bring out too. And then some some other prophecies that we uh, seem impossible around his birth. Um, Micah five verse two. So here it tells us in Micah five verse two. It says, "But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah." Yet you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from old, from everlasting. So here we see that he is going to be born in Bethlehem, which is in Judah. Now, if you have ever looked at a map in, in, in biblical times of Israel, you see that Judah, the area of Judah which is like right above Egypt, Bethlehem is in there. You know, Judah is the region. You know, just like how, you know, I think of it as uh, states state, and cities state for State and cities, yeah. You know, we're in Blackfoot, but we're also in Idaho. Yeah. Because Blackfoot's in Idaho. Well, mm -hmm. Bethlehem is inside of Judah. And so that's where he is to be born. But then when you look at Hosea, uh, Hosea 11 verse 1, says, and when Israel was called, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. Again, this is, so these are two prophecies. So how is he going to be born in Bethlehem, but then be called out of Egypt? Yeah. And, and so when, when you take these prophecies one by one, it almost seems like they contradict. It almost seems like, you know, where as individually, you don't realize it. But when you put them together, you're like, how is this going to happen? And then yet another one is uh, in Judges. But, you know, in, in Judges 13.5, we see that he's going to be raised as a Nazarene. Now, that's another one that is very hard because, again, looking at the map, uh, it's actually in the region of Galilee. So Nazareth of Galilee, which is... Quite a, a, a spread from Bethlehem. So, how is he going to be born in Bethlehem and be called out of Egypt and be raised as a Nazarene? Yeah. Though those are very. Uh, again, when you just look at it, you see it. It, it almost seems like it contradicts one another. Mm -hmm. But then, when you read through Matthew chapter two, you see that they, while Mary was pregnant, her and Joseph were living in. Um, Nazareth of Galilee, mm -hmm. and uh, the governor made a census that you had to be registered in your in your birthplace. So Joseph actually went back down to Bethlehem to be registered, and so while she was while Mary was pregnant, that's when they made the trip down to Bethlehem, and while they were there, that's when Christ was born. And then there's also, you know, to go back to um, 
there must have been something happening because even the inn was full of yeah. people. And mm-hmm. and so when you look at the map, Bethlehem is not too far away from uh, Jerusalem. So any any big festival where everyone from around the regions would gather to Jerusalem, you know... Um, that was a big place that things happened. It was. A lot of people came to it. It's kind of like our capital. Yeah, that's There's right. There's a lot of things happening. Yeah, like, and, and so... but. On a normal basis, um, Jerusalem would have fed about 120,000 people. And when the feast would come, you could have upwards of like 1.5 million folks to come to Jerusalem from all the surrounding regions to Jerusalem. And so there must have been something because then the overflow would have went into Bethlehem, which would explain why even the ends were all full. And so... You know, perhaps there was a festival going on when Christ was born, and then that's why they were actually uh, in the manger rather than in the inn because it's, the inn was full. It's really interesting to see the kind of it, it kind of when you when you look at the prophecies, it looks like a like a complicated um, combination lock. You know, yeah, exactly. So it's like all these different things have to be in place for it to snap open yeah. or to work, and so you know, with all these prophecies it's kind of like there's no way this is going to happen yeah then you start reading in matthew chapter 2 and see all the different and how christ and how god puts it together yeah he puts it together because you know the census thing brings him to bethlehem that's where she ends up um yeah having uh you know but uh, jesus born given birth yeah, yeah given birth there there was no room so they they had to go to they were in a stable that's right. So she places him in a manger. You know, yep. we all know the story. Um, it's just interesting. And then the the fact that King Herod heard yeah. that, that this king was going to be born. That's when the wise men really play a, a key part. Yeah. Because the wise men first went to Herod. And Herod, of course, wants to destroy Christ and kill him. Um and, you know, you may think, why would anyone want to kill the only one to save man? Because he thought it was an earthly kingdom just like everyone else. Yeah, it goes back to what we were talking about. He, everyone he felt, thought it was an earthly kingdom. He was that, threatened. That's right. And and you even look in the, in the Old Testament, they would always actually, um, if there was a new king put in power, he would destroy all the family members of the old king. So not just the old king, but all the family members. So no one would rise up against them. You know, it's they would feel threatened. So they would destroy them so no one could rise up and, and overtake or challenge their kingdom from within. Yeah, so the wise men came. It's kind of interesting just to read it here in uh, Matthew chapter 2. Yeah. Because he says, now, now I'm just going to read if it's all yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? See, somehow they knew that they... So the wise men are asking about the king of the Jews. For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes and the people together to inquire of them where the Christ was to be born. 
So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So immediately Herod was threatened. That's right. He was threatened and worried that he's, well, psh, I'm king, you know, I'm king. Why, why is this other king coming? And it's really a sad state of events after this, what happened, what the king did. That's right. And, uh, but, but anyways, it's, it's interesting how that all worked and, and basically fulfilled prophecies. Yep. And then when they, um, in a dream, God went, came to the wise men to tell them not to go back to Herod. Yeah. And so they went home another way, yeah. rather than going back to Herod, because Herod commanded them, go find out where Jesus was born. Because I want to worship him. Yeah, I want to worship him. He was trying to trick him. I want to worship him, so bring me word so I can go and, and serve him and worship him. And these wise men were warned in a dream, so they went and departed another way home. And then we have God coming and visiting Joseph in a dream. Telling him to flee, yeah, because Herod is going to seek to destroy Jesus, yeah. But from this, and you know, we, we talked about this. Kings are not good at hearing bad news. <laughs> yeah. They are. They They're throw like kids. fits. They really are. Like you know, you have a one-year-old or a two-year-old. Yeah, wants a sucker, mm. and they're asking for it. You tell them no. They throw themselves on the floor and you know, ra- rolling around on the floor, crying and throwing a fit. It's kind of how I see the kings. Yeah. You know, we talked about Ahab when he was told he couldn't have the vineyard right next to him in 1 Kings uh, 21, I believe. Uh, let me see. 1 um, Kings 21, verse 4. Yeah. Yep. And it says he he went to his bed sullen and displeased and refused to eat. And he, he turned his back, it says, and he refused to eat. Like he was throwing a fit because he was told he could not have the vineyard next to his palace. Yeah, exactly. All because of that. I mean, and again, it's because kings are never told no. Yeah. You don't tell the king no or else they'll kill you. Yeah. And in fact, that's actually what happened to to Ahab. His wife actually ended up killing this the person that told him no. And... um yeah, it's really a sad state of affairs. So when these wise men went the other direction back home, and Herod found out that they um, deceived him, in verse sixteen of Matthew chapter two, it says he was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts. From two years old and under. Can you imagine the uproar today if the oh, president man. tried to do this? Mm-mm. Or, you know, and, but this also goes to, to show you that what the king says, no one can overrule him. How ridiculous is it to think that he was willing to just kill Every male child from two years and younger. Yeah, it's just crazy. And not just in Bethlehem. It was in all its districts around it, too. Sure. Like, he he was throwing a fit. Because mm-hmm. he wanted to make sure that he destroyed the one male child that he was actually looking for. Yeah. And, funny enough, he couldn't do that either. <laughs> but it's interesting that this all happened because then they fight to Egypt. You know, so they flee because the angel told Joseph... 
yep. in a dream saying arise take the young child and his mother flee to egypt and stay there until i bring you word for herod will seek to um, seek the young child to destroy him that's in verse 13 yeah of chapter 2 of matthew anyways all these things are just turning the knob i picture a a safe that's a good and, point. And you're and you're you're putting in the combo mm-hmm. to open the door. Yep. And it's got to be exactly right. So it, that just clicks in another cog yep. in the prophecy to yeah. make it work. And one prophecy I didn't talk about was actually in Jeremiah uh, thirty-one verse fifteen, where there's going to be this great um, mourning and yeah. lamentation. And that's and that's what happened here when the when all the children. And this is what is being fulfilled as we see. You know, he he flees to Egypt. It talks about the prophecy, verse seventeen. Yeah, and and but going going back to uh, what you were talking about, they fled to Egypt, and then in verse fifteen of Matthew chapter two, they stayed there until Herod died, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying. Out of Egypt, I call my son. There you go. Going back to Hosea 11, 1. Another cog. Another, yep, another prophecy fulfilled. It just which, clicks in. Which almost seemed impossible mm-hmm. to fulfill because he was supposed to be born in Bethlehem. Yeah, why was he in Egypt? Yeah, exactly. How was he going to get in Egypt? Well, we see how how all of this amazing stuff happens. It just adds to the happens. more impossibility to predict what happened That's here. That's right. And keeping in mind, this is hundreds of thousands, if not thousands of years before Christ actually comes. How can anyone prophesy this? It would be, it's, it's impossible. impossibility. Yeah. And then... But so, with God, all things are possible. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And so... That's how. That's how. <laughs> that's exactly how. It's amazing. Yep. But when, um, when they fled to Egypt, this is when Herod killed all the male children from two years and un- younger. Going to verse... Eight or seventeen and eighteen. Yeah. After he did this, you can only imagine the weeping and the crying throughout mm-hmm. these regions. Yeah. Right. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, as I talked about Jeremiah thirty-one sure. verse fifteen, mm-hmm. saying, "A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted." Because they are no more. Yeah. And so you can really imagine losing your child, not just your child, but a, two years or younger. I mean, this is when yeah, they're innocent. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just now, unbelievable. You hear about the, the terrible twos. A lot of times people have problems with their children around sure. two because they're, sure. they're testing their limits. But even in your great anger towards your children, perhaps in that time, how sad would you be yeah. if the government came and just killed them and they they couldn't fight against it the king commanded they have, it yeah and and you know one thing i was thinking too is like how did the king get his soldiers to to actually follow through with this command yeah. and and you can almost it, imagine how many of their soldiers probably died mm. and, and this it is just shows you the power that the kings had then yeah. was so great it's like well the king said they you had know? supreme power you know, I mean, and the uproar against the the king, it you know, didn't happen because he was able to fulfill this. Yeah, I'm kind of a history buff, and I like watching uh, documentaries on oh, World, World War II. Okay, and a lot after the reign of uh, Hitler, 
you know, then they had this list of people that they were looking for to to commit war crimes, the Nazis mm-hmm. to commit to to arrest them and charge them with war crimes. And one of the things that they would ask him is like, because a lot of the ones that killed so many Jews, it's like, why did you do this? Like, how could you have done this? Well, the furrier said to do it, you know, kind of yeah. same thing that maybe happened here. You know, that the, 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 they gave so much um, power to the king. Of course, the king could kill whoever he wanted. Anyways. That's right. And so that, that just shows how much power they had because in the Nazi um, Nazi um, government, it was kind of the same way. They it was gave a some, dictatorship. They gave, yeah, it was a dictator. They gave so much power to one guy mm-hmm. that they just had to do it because the furrier said to do it. So I would imagine that it, here, the King Herod said to do it. So yeah. I guess I got to do it. And and I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to know how much pushback he got. Yeah. Well, it... If they didn't, the king would kill them. Sure. I mean, you see the, with uh, David, when he was in the presence of Saul, he was most loyal to Saul. You know, he was, even in the region, everyone knew David to be the most loyal to Saul, always doing what Saul asked him to do. And yet Saul, in his paranoia, I'll put it, picked up a spear and threw it and tried to kill David. Yeah. And yet, no one questioned, no one challenged. You yeah. can't challenge. Not the king. David had to flee. Yeah. You know, even, and he was innocent, and everyone knew him to be innocent. Yeah. And Saul didn't have to give give a reason why he, why he tried to kill David. Yeah. No one can question the king. Yeah. And so, that just really illustrates how much power Herod had. Where sure. No one could challenge the king. Yeah. And so... Even his soldiers, because that's power. No oh, man, that's to be able to power. command your army to go kill a bunch of two-year-olds. That's and power. And, and younger, younger, that's power. It's re- yeah. Like today, or, or I can't fear. You know, fear of yeah. power. And and I, you know, today that's something that we can't really fathom because we don't have that. Yeah. You know where. That's what's great about the the government where they can actually say no yeah. to the president right mm-hmm. where the president doesn't get to do whatever he wants yeah and sometimes perhaps it seems like he can but mm-hmm. um there is a limit to his power where in this time there was no we, limit to their we, power we have a hard time f- fathoming this kind of power yeah because it's it's something like we've never seen we we've never seen it nor yeah we have no experience in it mm-hmm. but this is in this time the king had all power. And another thing to point out, too, is this power didn't last very long, did it? No. I don't know how much longer he lived, but what happened to Herod? He died. He died. Yeah. And and he died, and then they were able, not very long, I don't think. Um, it, yeah, in 19, it says, now, now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. So, yeah. was it worth it, Herod? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so... Uh, you know, like we we want to um, think that we have um, a say in what happens in our government. Mm. You know what? God has the final say. That's you right. Know, there's a reason why Herod was the king, mm-hmm. and there's a reason why this happened. That's we don't a, understand it. That's a great point to bring out. But there's a reason why it happened, and it wasn't because of anyone's 
you know, any, anyone's control. What God said, you know, had um, put in motion is what was going to happen. Yeah. And all of this filled the, um, you know, cog in, yeah. the, in the combination. But it was all to fulfill the will of God. That's right. And, and you know, the next right here, you know, after 19, then that brings up the Nazareth. There's another cog. Yep. The Nazareth. And, and you know, it's interesting because every time this happens, every time a cog is or a combo is the combination is clicked in. Mm-hmm. It says, like in verse 17, then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet. Yeah. So it. He in Matthew here actually calls out each one of these prophecies being That's fulfilled. Right. It calls it out, saying, "Look, here's another one. Yeah. Here's another one. Here's another one. Here's another one." And it just keeps going. Yeah, Matthew does a really good job at pointing out all the the prophecies fulfilled. He'll actually bring out which was fulfilled. Which you know, Luke will say a lot of the same yeah. things, but Luke doesn't actually call out. Thus fulfilling mm. what the prophet says. Because in verse 23 here, sorry, I'm just... Yeah, no, go I'm, for it. I'm looking at it. It says, and it came, um, um, and he came and dwelt in the city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Yeah. And so that, that he's pointing out all these different cogs in the combination, he's calling it That's out. That's right. And it happened exactly the way God wanted it to, mm-hmm. but it didn't happen the way man thought it would. That's right. Because Jesus was rejected. Yep. And, and you also see, you know, when you look at all these different prophecies, without looking at the map, you may not understand the impossibility of it. Boy, that's a long ways. It is a long way. Egypt and, is a long ways from even Jerusalem. Oh, yeah. And, but how can you be um, of the tribe of Judah and be called a Nazarene. Or they, called- are, they are completely different regions. <laughs> yeah. And and being born in Bethlehem. Those are And being called regions. out of Egypt. Yeah, and being <laughs> called out of Egypt. I mean that's like that's like saying you're you're gonna be, you know, born in um, Green River, Wyoming. That's yeah. where I was born, right? Yeah. You're gonna be born in Green River, Wyoming. Yeah. But you're gonna be I'm gonna call you out of Mexico. Yeah. And then you're gonna be raised or or you're gonna be called a New Yorker. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. No. Right? no. <laughs> like, how is that going to happen? But that's exactly what happened here. I yeah. mean, there was a huge distance between them. And, you know, it seemed impossible. Yeah. And with man, it would have been impossible. Well, sure. But and with God, all things are possible. That's right. I mean, without God speaking even to Joseph, telling him to flee and telling the wise men to go home a different way and not, you know, don't help Herod fulfill his his evil plot. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these things, it was through the, the hand of the Lord that all of these prophecies were fulfilled. Yeah. And, and go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and it's a faith builder. Yeah. For us. That's absolutely you know, right. How can you go through and see all this and say, well, I don't believe that stuff. Yeah. That's just a fairy tale. You know, how can you think that Yeah. when you look at, you know, the the logistics of just this right here, all the things that had to happen in order to fulfill all those prophecies Yeah. to a T. That's right. There's no way any of us can do that today. No. And there was actually eight prophecies fulfilled that I brought out in my lesson where, and this was 
all before Christ was even old enough to be on his own. Yeah, I like something that you... you I wrote it down. Sweet. Um, it says, All of these prophecies were all made before Christ was even born or had control of his life. Yeah. So, you know, as someone who's born, nobody knows what that person's going to do mm-hmm. in his life or even in his birth. Yeah. You know, every one of them, I have four kids. Every one of their births has a totally different story. Some of them are more hilarious than the others. Okay. <laughs> I heard about Tessa's. By yeah. The way. <laughs> yeah. We won't go into it, but there's no way I could have ever planned that when I was a kid. Yeah. Or any, even before I was even born of how each one of my kids were even going to be born, much less to know how many kids I was going to have. Much less 700 years before you were even born, somebody telling, telling saying, how, this is how it's going to happen. How someone's going to be born. No, there's no way. Yeah. And so, you know, this was all prophesied before Christ was even thought of. Yeah. As a human being. You know, that's right. That's just amazing. It, it is. And, and again, to fulfill eight prophecies, a, a college did a... Um, a survey and said if you fill the whole state of Texas two foot thick with dollar coins. Yeah. The entire state of Texas. And by the way, Texas is the size of California, New York, and Maine combined. And, and more Texas than that, is still bigger. I think I seen a map just recently, it was like a mem and there were seven states that they could put inside of Texas. Yeah. I mean everything's bigger in Texas, right? Sure. So you fill the entire state two foot thick with dollar coins and you put one, you mark one dollar coin and throw it in the middle somewhere, mix it up. You send a man blindfold, put him at the edge of the state of Texas, and send him in blindfolded. Him walking in and grabbing that one marked dollar coin, he is more likely to do that on his first try than it would be to fulfill eight prophecies. Mm-hmm. So, Christ. I mean, and we would say that is impossible for this blind man to walk in and grab the marked dollar coin. I would say it's impossible. Yeah. But I suppose there is that slight chance that even a blind squirrel finds a nut from time to time, as they <laughs> yeah. say. I guess there's a possibility. But when you think about it, it's really not possible. But Christ, all of these prophecies were fulfilled before Christ even had control. Yeah. And that's the amazing part. You know... It, the prophecies that um, is out of the Lord's hands are the ones that always fascinate me the most. And, you know, I, I think of, you know, when at his death, when he, um, when they cast lots yeah. for his garments. Mm-hmm. Again, that's out of his control. He's hanging there on the cross. How can this be fulfilled? Mm-hmm. And yet, because what they were doing is they were dividing up his garments and ripping them in pieces. Yeah. But when they came to his, his clothes or his, his uh, tunic or, or his overcoat, it was sewn in, in one piece. So they would actually, it would be worthless to split it up. So the soldiers decided to cast lots for it. Yeah. Thus fulfilling that prophecy. And, and so... Well, and just to get eight prophecies right in his birth, we haven't even touched the surface. That's of right. Of all the prophecies fulfilled by Christ. Yeah. I, it'd be interesting to... I'm sure we could figure it out how many prophecies were fulfilled throughout his life. It's they, a lot. Yeah, and and depending on the scholars, anywhere from 
three hundred up to upwards of I think I heard of like four hundred and fifty six, and so even the low number say like three hundred and fifty. That's a lot. That's what I I typically go with three hundred and fifty, which is on the lower end of that spectrum. Yeah. And so that's that is an absolute impossibility. And again, they're not they're not vague prophecies like something bad is going to happen. They are very specific prophecies. Yeah. Written hundreds of years before he even came. Well, just like, just, I mean, this is so specific. It's like the the craziest yeah. combination you could ever put together. That's right. And, and, and they, they fulfilled seem, it perfectly. Yeah. Like, just one was an absolute impossibility. Yeah. The virgin birth, that was an impossibility. But yet there were so much more prophecies that he has fulfilled before yeah as a baby you know and so that's that is how christ came into this world and that's something that well and i think is absolute the biggest thing here for us is we can be edified and comforted knowing that we believe in jesus who on no doubt came to this earth and as god's son and lived as we are tempted as we are, but yet was without sin. Yeah. Was that perfect sacrifice on the cross for us. Um, was buried in the grave for three days, arose, overcame death, mm-hmm. and um, ascended into heaven. Yeah. You know? And then established the Holy Spirit to guide the apostles to basically establish his church. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's. And all we talked about tonight was. His birth. His birth. Yeah. <laughs> and the impossibility of just his birth, let yeah. alone all of the other things that he's going to do in his life. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, we could be here all night. Yeah. But we can't. And, and <laughs> you know, I got. I need to go eat. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, um, it's very edifying and strengthening in our faith for us to understand these things and understand how complicated it was. For it to come together, and and to me, the prophecies are huge and Absolutely. a huge faith builder, and it's something we need to talk about and and strengthen each other in in this with these prophecies. And Absolutely. So hopefully, you all have enjoyed. We're out of time. Um, uh, send us an email if you like what you heard. If you want us to discuss something or talk, or you just need someone to talk to, we'd love to talk to you. Um, uh, Truth and Agape Love at Gmail or on Facebook. Um, Thanks for joining us this evening. We'll look forward to next time. Also, if you're in Blackfoot, come and worship with us. Um, you Please. can find our on Facebook or our website, um, The Times. Um, but we'd love to see you. So if you're Blackfoot, we'd love for you to visit. We'll see you next time. Thank you, guys.